Welcome to the Providence Community Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Nathan Herndon. If you would like to stay connected with us, download our app, Providence Community, or visit our website, providencecommunity.org. Okay. All right. Hey, we didn't have to get to have that special two-minute kind of greeting kind of thing today. So I know that you're missing that. Um, so why don't you just uh, look in front of you to your side and even behind you and just smile at somebody. All right, give them a thumbs up. Give them a love sign. All right. Uh, if you are new with us today, um, we just want to say that we could not be more honored that you are here with us today and that you are seen by God and hopefully you've been seen by us. And we just want to let you know that you're important and that we want to be encouraging to you. We want to be family, but we really want you to treasure Jesus above all things and waste your life on him. And we want to do that together. And so I hope that you're blessed today. Um, hey, I do want to do this uh, too. I, I want to I single out one family here that's been with Providence since Providence met in Adrian and I's living room. And that is Matt and Eileen Schwartz. I don't know if they're in the house today or they, there's, there's Matt right there. Is Eileen with you? Could you just stand up one second? Could you just both stand up? I didn't ask their permission, all right? But I just want to say, we love you. We're thankful for you. Thank you for being with us through every single season. Thank you for being faithful to my family. Thank you for being faithful to the, the kingdom. And I really believe with all of my heart that even though, you know, Eileen used to run the Unabashed School of Dance. She's a dancer. Um, Matt is, uh, uh, he's a coach at heart. He calls, the, he calls gold out of people. I really believe that though you've done some incredible things in your past, your future is gonna be better. Don't for a moment let the enemy discourage you, all right? Someone that's sitting right around him, just, just touch them for a second. Can you just touch them? All right, even if you don't know them, they're nice. They won't bite. Matt might, actually. So, but Heavenly Father, we just, just stretch out your hands to them. Heavenly Father, we just, we just speak encouragement into their hearts right now. Nobody knows the kind of price that they've had to pay. Lord, nobody knows the sacrifices that they've made. And they are the picture of faithfulness to you, to us. And so, God, we just bless them right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for uh, moms and dads in the faith, spiritual moms and dads in the faith, who have exemplified faithfulness through every season. Nothing has thrown them off and they've been such good friends, God. We bless them now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Let's hear for them one more time. <laughs> well, um, guys, you know, today is, um, is Halloween. Um, it, it, as well as our birthday celebration. Tomorrow is a day called All Saints Day, and I was really going to um, take this moment on our birthday just to really bash Halloween and just to really celebrate All Saints Day. Uh, I think that we have, I'm not gonna do that, but it, like, give me 30 seconds, all right? What, what happened is we, we've taken a day that was on the church calendar, November 1st, to celebrate people who love Jesus to the point of death, to the point of laying down their lives for the gospel. We, there's, there's there's been hundreds and thousands of people who have died clinging to their Bibles. They wouldn't let it go. They, they would not stop reading God's word and they were burned at the stake for it. And November 1st was the day that the, that the church put on the calendar to honor those people because so many thousands of them, and they still are throughout history, there's more Christian martyrs today than ever in the history of the world. All right? And so people all around, if, if you want to do something that, that's going to blow your mind, subscribe to an organization called Voice of the Martyrs and, and begin to pray for the persecuted church in the world. 
all right? I do, just got a prayer calendar. It'll, it'll, it'll wreck your heart. If it doesn't, you need Jesus bad, all right? But we've got brothers and sisters who are still today laying down their lives. And All Saints Day, November 1st, was the day to remember them and thank God for people that loved, loved him more than life itself, all right? It turned into something that really glorifies death where we dress up like, the demons that are trying to keep us to, uh, it's, it's just very, very strange. Uh, I still let my kids go get candy from neighbors and stuff because it's free, all right? So, but, uh, but and, and I, I'm totally fine for having a little bit of fun, but I'm not fine for losing glorious things for satanic things, all right? And so, so that's the direction I was going to go in. But I actually have a word that's so much more normal than that. It's almost, it's almost like, you know, you don't want to be a downer at a party, but this, this, I, I'm, I'm, I'm running the risk of this today because I think this is what God wants me to speak, okay? And so don't wanna bring us down. I actually wanna bring us very up, all right? Because this is God's truth and God doesn't just want to break us down. He wants to build us up. Did you know that? If you've been a part of a type of Christianity where you think it's spiritual just to feel bad all the time, uh, I just wanna welcome you into biblical Christianity today where joy is supposed to thrill your heart no matter what circumstance or situation you're going through. But listen to this just for a moment. This is Psalm 51. I'm, I'm not gonna be there. I'm actually gonna be in the book of Nehemiah. But listen to this for a moment. It's it's Psalm 51, starting with verse 8 and then jumping to verses 16 and 17. Listen to this. It says, Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. All right, I want to talk this morning about brokenness and the biblical kingdom fruit that comes out of brokenness, which is actually joy. Okay? And I want to talk about brokenness in, in our own hearts, our own lives. And I want to talk about the way that God actually sometimes allows us to and leads us into a season of breaking so joy can come out of it. Okay? Did you know that if you want to take a diamond, you have to first start with coal that is just nasty and that you just, you know, it's just worth burning for a few moments. And God takes that coal and pressurizes it until it turns into a diamond. Did you know that there's wine in your lives? But, the th- but if, if we're gonna get the wine out of your lives, your grapes first have to be crushed. Did you know that? And I think that sometimes we, we forget, like if we're gonna celebrate diamonds and wine, which that would be a great title to the sermon, right? If we're gonna, if we're gonna benefit from diamonds and wine, then we, we have to walk in the brokenness that, that God will call us into in some seasons to get the wine out and to get the diamond pressed. Look at verse 16 here of, of Psalm 51. For you, for you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You would not be pleased with a burnt offering. Look at verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. Can I tell you that if you've come here today and you've got brokenness in your, in your life, the enemy will tell you that you weren't good enough to walk in here. But God actually says, what? Wait a second. I don't despise your brokenness. I'm drawn to it. And so the, the church has to be, man, let me skip my notes here for a moment because I'm feeling Jesus in the house. The church finally, guys, has to be the kind of place where we don't put off the vibe that your brokenness is repulsive, but it's actually the place where God wants to meet you. You hear this? If we ever lose this as a church, we need to close the doors until we get it back. We have to be the kind of church that when we see people's sin and when we see people's hurt and we see people's pain and we see people's anger, 
and we see people's opinionatedness, we actually break for those people instead of uh, opposing them and fighting them. We have to be this again. And this is, I, th- I think that there's no greater, in my opinion, example of a person who did this than a man named Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Man, what, what an incredible leader, what an incredible man. But I wanna, I wanna tell you this right from the start that this wasn't a person like with superior knowledge. This wasn't a person with superior talent and skill. This was a person with a faith-filled yes to God, but this was a person who let his heart break for what breaks God's heart. That is the main thing that makes Nehemiah one of the best leaders we've ever known. Let me, let me tell you a story here before we get to Nehemiah. Um, I, was, uh, I went to Chipotle a few weeks ago with some guys from Providence. We went to a late lunch. It was around two o'clock because we were busy around the office. And we really, div- uh, uh, we really found out that it was a divine appointment. It was a, like a Nehemiah appointment. It was an opportunity to build a wall in somebody's life uh, instead of tear one down. It was, a, it was an opportunity to, to see brokenness and not despise it, but it was to see brokenness and then run to it. This is what God does. This is how the Father operates. Do you know this, that when you bring your brokenness to him, he comes down your road running. This is how he operates. And just to kind of put feet to this for a moment, just to paint this picture, uh, a few of us are out at Chipotle. Chipotle, um, it would be a great, uh, anyway, I, I'm going to skip that. We, we had a, a weird time at Chipotle. Um, they, they were squeezing our beans. I don't know why. Hey, they were just squeezing the beans before they put them in the burrito. Never seen that tactic before, and it still tasted good because it's Chipotle, and then the cheese made up for everything else, right? So plus the queso sauce and the guac, but the, uh, we're at Chipotle, and we're eating, we're having a good time, and we're laughing, and, and a lady pulls up that has two kids in her broken down Honda and she is scavenging through her vehicle desperately, and we're watching this thing, what in the world is going on? And she comes in after about 20 minutes to a half an hour of this, and she says, I just ordered from your app, but I can't find my car, all right? And we're watching this, and, and you know, I think, I think in the physical realm, in the, if just being a good American, a good American would say, well, you should be more responsible than that, and, not lose your funds, right? Would that not be like a good American thing to do? You know what? You need to be broken by this situation and disappoint your kids. You need to learn a lesson. You made your bed, you're gonna sleep in it. All of this dumb, idiotic stuff sounds like Jesus, but it's, it's, it's just American, all right? And so what happened is my heart leapt from within me and I got overcome with the compassion of Jesus. And I just jumped up and I said, hey, you can't find your card. Uh, I would love to pay for that. And she began to stare at me like zombie style. It's just like she just stared at me like this. And the lady behind the counter said, well, it's $40.23. I don't know why dad humor came out of me then, but I said, oh, that's my favorite number. I gave, I, gave him, I gave him our card. Swipe the card. This lady stares at me, never says a word. She just takes her bags and she walks to her car. Gave her a few minutes and then I just went, you know what, this lady, if you bless somebody like this, make sure they know it's in Jesus' name. This is not random acts of kindness here. This is kingdom in Jesus, all right? So I said, she needs to know that this is Jesus seeing her. So I followed her to her car, and do you know what I found? As I found a broken woman sitting in the front seat, weeping and weeping and weeping and weeping. I knocked on the window, and she rolled down the window. She goes, I can't talk. I said, well, you are. You know, so, um, the, uh, the, yeah, you can do more than you know. Come on. 
But uh, I said, I said, hey, I just want to know, how are you doing? She goes, man, she goes, just give me a moment. Like, I'm just, she goes, nobody has ever done anything like that in all of my life. Wow. Wow. Really? Guys, can I tell you that there's unreached people groups in the world, and we have to go to them in the nations and in the jungles and the highways and the byways, but some of the unreached people are in your own neighborhood. Do you know this? Some of the unreached people that have never experienced the, the, the generous, gracious, loving kindness of God who go out of his way to see someone in a broken situation They've never experienced it. And I got to minister to her. I got to tell her this was in Jesus' name. I got to poke my head in her car and look back and see her kids. I think they're about six and three. The six-year-old was wearing a Nirvana shirt. I was like, wow, that's, that's cool, you know? The other one I couldn't see, but I could see the child's feet kicking. And the kids said, thank you. And I got to tell them, or I got to tell them about Jesus. I got to hear their story. I got to team them up with Kelly Ladin Ministry. All right? So I hope they took us up on that. After that, I came to the prayer room, prayer room and I cried for a while because there's something, about, there's something about living with a broken heart, not a ticked off heart, not a heart that is motivated and postured out of anger, not the kind of heart that says, man, I wish I could be a change agent because I'm so frustrated right now, I'm so bitter, I wish I could get in there and change that church. That, let me tell you right, that, that is not how God raises up leaders in the kingdom. He doesn't find the angriest people and turn them loose. God takes people like Nehemiah whose hearts are just the most broken. They may not be the most organized. They may not be the people that would get picked for the team first, but they are the people that God sees. And since the church is not built on the talent of Americans, it's built on the brokenness of kingdom Jesus people, all right? Then God takes people, and he says, Nehemiah, I'm gonna use you to be a rebuilder instead of a tearer down, because angry leaders tear down. Angry leaders weaken the church. Angry leaders would take their, their own deal, their own thing, and they would, if, if everything else falls, I'm just gonna make my stand over what I'm angry about. But a broken leader with Jesus' heart would say, I don't care if everybody doesn't understand why I'm doing this. I am going to lead broken. Broken. I, let me just tell you this. If you're in, interested in being involved in leadership, a massive shift has happened in my heart. And I always would have passed this on the test, but now I, I'm, I'm putting, you know, the rubber is meeting the road here. If you show up in my off, office just super, super angry and wanting to make a difference, I'll smile at you and hug you, but I'll, I'll only be praying for you. You will not be getting a call back from me until God breaks you, breaks you and I see wine coming out of your life and your, your eyes look like diamonds, not darts. You hear this? All right. Just wanted to clear the air. Why did I not hear back from the pastor? Well, you're an angry man, that's why. And you just need to be broken for a while and the Holy Spirit will be faithful to do that in you. Nehemiah was a man that he sees a problem and his heart breaks, he doesn't start blaming. Look at this, Nehemiah chapter one, I want you to, want you to see this. I'm not going to give you the context. I just, I'm just going to read and, and you're going to see here that, well, let me give you the context, okay? Because actually the context is not given necessarily in this portion of, of scripture, but the context is this. 
that God's people, the Jewish people, have actually been conquered and, and the best of the best, the best and the brightest were carried off into exile to serve the conquering king, okay? Now, there is a remnant that was left in Israel. There's a remnant that was left in Jerusalem, and those were the ones that nobody wanted. Those were the ones that weren't the best and the brightest, but the best and brightest were carried off to serve the king. And Nehemiah was one of those carried off, and he was a cupbearer to the king. In other words, he served the king his crushed grapes, his wine. And here's what it says, the words of Nehemiah, the son of uh, Hakaliah. Uh, now it happened in the month of Chislev in the 20th year as I was in Susa, the capital. Chislev is either November or December. It's like right around now, Okay. In the 20th year, as I was in Susa, the capital, that Hananiah, one of my brothers, came with certain men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who escaped, who had survived the exile, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, Here was, here's when Nehemiah says, How are, how's our family? How's our people? How are they doing? Well, here was the response. The remnant, the remnant there in the province who had survived the exile was in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. Now I wanna hit pause there just for a moment because I, I think that many times when we hear that someone has taken advantage of our family or they've caused pain to our family, they've caused hurt to our family, the, the natural response is just, just to get flaming angry, to find out whose fault it is, to begin returning cannon fire and begin just to you know, lock and load and just I know they didn't have machine guns back then but that's kind of, you know, you know what I mean. And Nehemiah does not say, what? How could the king allow this to happen? How could so-and-so allow this to happen? How could this happen that our family is living in a town that has no security, has no walls, the gates are burned with fire? Is it somebody who's gonna do something about something? What kind of bad leaders do we have up in this place? But here's what Nehemiah does in verse four. As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Like talk about a kingdom posture. I'm not locking and loading. I'm not taking stuff into my own hands. I'm not getting revenge. I'm not finding out whose fault this is. I just cried. Your family's not doing well, yeah. And I just cried. And on top of the crying, I fasted and I prayed, and I pled before the God of heaven. This is what Nehemiah does. He does not go to his, he is a strategist, but he doesn't lean on his strategy in, in, in crisis. He doesn't take the best and brightest in a secret meeting, like get around a strategic table. He just cries and weeps for days. Guys, can I tell you that in the kingdom, leaders lead with broken hearts when they hear that bad stuff is going on. Can I tell you this? I wanna talk this morning about, about how you know, like, because the church is called to not take down walls necessarily except for demonic ones, right? We just blows, blow those to smithereens, right? It's easy, all right? That's easy. But where it's hard is where we actually not have to take walls down, but where we actually have to take old walls that should have been there but are no longer there, and we have to rebuild them. You see? I want to talk about how you know when you're ready to be a rebuilder in God's kingdom. 
Because here in Nehemiah, we see what he did, we see how he responds, and I wanna say this, when you weep over brokenness, you're ready to lead in God's kingdom. When you hear what's broken, instead of getting ticked, you cry. You cry. I think God's, re- God's returning to the church the power of tears. Because tears come from a broken heart and tears actually bring healing. Anger actually insults and, it, and is just a negative response often. Anger comes from a different kind of heart, but here's a heart that is postured in humility and love for people, and the response is just is just tears of brokenness. So how do I know that I'm ready to be a rebuilder in the kingdom? Well, you know that you're ready when you hear bad stuff that has happened and you cry, you weep, you get broken over it. See, the walls and the gates that is causing, that are broken down and burned down and are causing Nehemiah to cry, that they would provide uh, and represent strength and security, but they would actually represent honor to Nehemiah's people. And so the broken down walls mean that your city, it's not just that your city is susceptible to wolves and to coyotes and to thieves and to muggers. It's not just that, it is. But it's not just physical uh, protection that's the, of, uh, that walls represent, but it's also shame. It means that my people in this very honor-driven society, my people, my, my father's graves are in this town where the walls are broken down and the gates are burned, that there's, the shame has been brought to my people that that I adjure and I honor and I respect. This is a, this is a godly man. And I think that's hard for us to, to get in these days, but I remember a few weeks ago when I was talking about Jesus and money, and I told you about all the free cars that I got that were heaps of rubble, and the church said, yay, Nathan, that's good. That's, that's what you need to be driving as a pastor. Remember that? Remember that? I, one of the free cars that I got was like a mid-90s green Honda, or not Pilot, uh, Accord, all right? It looked like, um, I don't know, a, a pack of, of wild dogs with rabies got inside of it and chewed everything up, right? But it still drove and it passed inspection somehow, all right? I, I, I got my hands on another car and I no longer needed this beauty, all right? And so what I decided to do is I decided to go to my neighbors who only had one car and I, told, and I knocked on the door, I talked to my neighbor, I said, hey, I noticed your wife doesn't have a car. I've got one that's, you know, barely passed inspection, but it's got inspection on it for about a year. If you want this car, you can have it for free. He got in the car. He drove it one block. He pulled it back. And I I wrote this down because I'm going to do a direct quote here. He said, I would never allow someone I love to drive that vehicle. All right. (laughs) (laughs) What? This is free. All right. So he, this is, this is what, this is what, (laughs) yeah, yes. This is what I'm talking about. All right, this is the kind of thing, like it's not just a free, it's not, you don't go, oh wow, it's free, so I'll take it. You're like, no, 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 I wanna put people that I love in something that fits them, that is a gift of generosity from my heart. I wanna be proud of it. And so this is the kind of thing that is going on in Israel. The walls are broken down. The walls are broken down and Nehemiah is saying, the shame, the disgrace that is coming on, on my people because of that, I am not okay with. In fact, it breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. Nehemiah hears that his family is living in brokenness. He does not begin to blame. He does not gossip and slander. He does not vent anger. He does not question God and get depressed. Like, why could you? Why didn't you? When you could have shown up, you didn't. Nehemiah, listen, Nehemiah just 
weeps, he fasts, he prays. And then if you continue reading on, you'll see that he begins to confess sin. God, like my fathers, we haven't followed you. We're so, I'm so sorry. On behalf of all of us, God, I'm so sorry. It's, it's leaders who weep. There's so many of us that want to see change because they're angry instead of broken. And change doesn't happen, or good kingdom change doesn't happen on, at the, you know, when the tip of your spear is anger. The, the, your arrow has to be brokenness, not anger. Or you'll just find that you're waging a war just like the world does. All right? Listen, Jesus doesn't build with angry women and men. He builds with those who weep. You see this in Jesus' life. When Jesus is riding into Jerusalem and he overlooks Jerusalem and he knows that he's about to be betrayed, he's about to be killed, he's about to be hung on a cross for the sins of the world by the people that we find out in, Jerusalem, in, in Luke chapter 19, starting with verse 41, by the people that he's crying over. And he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that, that kills the prophets, how I wish wish that I could have taken you like as a mother hen takes her chicks under her wings, but you wouldn't have it. And he cries. Or you take Jeremiah, known as the weeping prophet, where he weeps over the people of God, selling themselves and settling for small lovers instead of God, the one we were made to treasure. I, I've learned at Providence over 14 years to build with leaders who weep, all right? I was walking by the prayer room the other day. No one is in it except for one person literally crying out to God. That was Steve S. Palmer on his face in the prayer room, burying his head in a chair, crying out to God. See, that, the, the person who cries in the secret, that's who I want to build providence with. All right? When we say, hey, God, who do you want to lead the, the youth in this day? Well, God didn't say a young person. God said a crying person. All right, and that's Tom and Cindy Sipling. They're, uh, they're a mom and a, and a dad, but I tell you what, you get them talking about a generation and tears will stream out of their eyes. That's how you build. Anybody give them some love? I just, I just kinda, anybody, right? <clears throat> yeah. I wrote this this morning, that giving people, well, not the whole thing, but you know, the, the, the part that I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Is it pretty good for five minutes old? All right, so the, uh, but no, th this, I'm gonna read you something that I, God just really impressed on my heart as I kind of go through the, the message on, on Sunday mornings. But giving people authority or a voice in your life or in, in whatever you know, place that you find yourself, it could be in the church, it could be in your business, but giving people authority or a voice in your life who have a chip on their shoulder and anger in their heart that are serving, quote unquote, out of frustration is starting a ticking time bomb and they will never prove to be effective for the long haul unless their heart gets broken and wine begins to come out of their life and their coal heart turns into a diamond as they're pressurized. You got that? I remember when, when this first started happening, um, for real and me, I, I tasted pockets of it. 
But I remember it was about six or seven years into Providence. I had kind of already had enough. I, was, I, had, I had this great career in youth ministry, saw hundreds of kids come to know Jesus. It was fun to jump in with, with youth and, and be, be crazy and tell crazy stories and see everybody come to Jesus. It was, it was awesome. The, the hard part was working with these young people's parents, which I then had to do at Providence. I had to find out, oh, these kids are jacked up because of you, you know? Oh, now it makes a world of sense. I remember it was the parents when I was a youth pastor always trying to fire me because I, I let people come to youth group and I, I made a smoking section outside. I'd go and I'd hang out with them and I wouldn't smoke, but I'd say, I just want you to know that I don't care if you're smoking or not. I'm just glad you're here. And then, and then parents from church wanted to fire me all the time. So my job was always on the line. It was just too fun to stop. All right. So I, I remember I used to let kids jump on the roof of cars as cars are coming in, all right? Uh, I just let them do that. It wasn't smart, but God used it, okay? Uh, it was so good. But now that I'm working with parents about seven years into Providence, I, I, I go on vacation, I was completely fried. I was like, God, I'm losing the joy. God, I'm losing the stuff. God, I just feel like it's a job now. What are you gonna do? And I remember we're driving home from vacation and um, we, we, uh, we have to stop for gas and it happens to be an exit where there's like a super Walmart kind of place and there's all kinds of hustle and bustle and all kinds of cars and all kinds of vehicles running and I'm trying to get us home in a timely fashion. I didn't wanna be sidetracked and I remember seeing a whole family standing on the side of the road in that Walmart par parking lot with a, with a homemade sign and broken English that just basically said, we have no clue what to do, help me feed my family. Now, let me tell you this. At the place that I was in, you know, I lived in Chicago, kind of street smart. I know I don't look it, but I'm, I'm good in a fight, all right? And I, I'm telling you, like, I'm, I'm looking at these people, and my, my American kind of, kind of non-kingdom thing crept in, and it was just like, get a job. That's what you do. Like, get a job. What are you doing? You could be working in one of these, you know, thriving businesses. Like, why are you out here? I don't even, how do I know that if I give you money, you won't turn it into drugs, and all of these things, you guys know you think it, right? You guys know you think it. And so we pass by people in need all the time, motive judging and calling it spiritual. And so, so I see these people, I tell myself why I shouldn't do anything for them, why getting home faster means more than blessing these people with the compassion of Jesus. And we just get, I drive by them, I start heading out to like 95, up the coast, and the Holy Spirit just comes on me and I begin to weep and weep. I turn the van around, I drive back to these people, my kids are all young in car seats. I'm taking their fruit snacks and their Cheez-Its, all right? I'm taking everything that I can. I'm like, Adrian, give me all the cash in the car. And I take everything that we've got and I walk up to these people and I lay it at their feet and I'm like, this is in the name of Jesus. I get back in the van and I cried for an hour on the way home. Guys, I'm telling you, that is where breakthrough comes in the church. We stop judging people's motives and we just look for opportunities to be Jesus to people, to show compassion and trust him with the results. This, this has to be it again, guys. This has to be it. Do you know that, do you know that brokenness is the precursor to vision? You're not a visionary unless your heart is broken first. If your heart is not broken, then your visions are your own. If you wanna be a visionary, you wanna dream God dreams, then you're gonna have to submit your heart to being crushed into a diamond. You're gonna have to say, God, here's my grapes, get the, all the wine out that you need and then give me your dreams. 
all right? If you're not broken first and you have a vision, it's just an idea, you see? If, you're, if your dream is not birthed out of brokenness, it's just an idea. It may be a good one, but it's gotta be a God one to work. Do you know that, uh, man, I'm, out, I'm kind of out of time now because I, I, I want us to respond to this, guys. It's hot in here. It's like, it's like, so I, I like, I feel water in the air right now, right? Does anybody else? Yeah, and I'm just gonna believe that's, that's the Holy Spirit. I just, uh, just, just wondering, like, if God literally, he just wants to give us a bath in his presence today. I think the best thing that we can do is, is instead of on our birthday Sunday, instead of rolling out massive plans for 2022, and this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to have disc golf, and this is what we're going to do outside, and this is what we're going to do with the 70 acres and the land, and this is how we're going to add this and add that and add the other thing. The best thing that we can do is before we do all of that stuff is we can say, God, make sure my heart is broken and crushed in your presence. Amen? Anybody here? Hey, let's do, let, let me do this. I, I'm feeling crazy right now. How about this? Anybody who needs a new, fresh breaking, and actually, I want, I want to give you, actually, think about that for a second, all right? I want to tell you this. A, uh, the church has to carry a culture where it's safe to be broken. Do you understand this? And in the church, we can say we want to be family all we want, but when you operate like family and, and begin to be vulnerable and trust the family with your brokenness, if the church responds with anything else besides compassion, then you're doing damage. And so if we're saying, hey, we'll be family here, when, when a broken person stands up and say, I need to be healed, and then we look at that person and say, I knew that, they, ugh, finally, right? That is the kind of thing that the church gets. And here's what needs to happen. When people stand up and say, I need to be broken. I got places in my heart where I'm, I'm living out of bitterness. I'm living out of anger. I'm li living out of my hurt. And it's messy and I'm not fun to be around, but I'm admitting it. The church has to, has to begin to operate in the compassion of Jesus and begin to run to those people and say, you are welcome here. I know a God who's bigger than your hurt. I know a God who's bigger than your mess. I know a God who specializes in rebuilding what is broken in your life. Listen to this. Do you know that our, our uh, address here at Providence is 6146 York Road? Did you know that? In 2019, Pastor Keith was obsessed with Isaiah 61. I've told you this. I just went along with it. I was like, oh, cool, Keith. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't know why, but yeah, that's a great verse. Come on. And we'd, uh, we'd celebrate it. But then God showed me as, as, we are, as we are moving forward here that God gave us an address that coincides with Isaiah 61, 4 through 6, 6, 1. For six, because this is the mandate on the church, because this is the messianic prophecy about Jesus's life. This is the ministry that Jesus operates in, and then he, and he wants to give it away to the church. Listen to this, Isaiah 61, starting with verse one. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me, and he can be on us. Who wants that? The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the rich, to the people who have it all together to the people that are great leaders to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives 
and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to grant those who mourn in Zion. In other words, those who are, who are crying in their brokenness, who are in mourning, to grant those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes. This is what Jesus wants to do. He wants to, he wants to tell you who you actually are. Your feelings are telling you that you're broken, you have nothing to offer, but he wants to tell you who you actually are. Son, daughter, prince, princess in my kingdom. You didn't earn it, you don't deserve it, but I'm giving it because it's how I roll, Jesus says. Grant those who mourn to give them a headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning. See, broken, brokenness gives birth to, to glory, to hope, to, to gladness. You see? that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And listen to verse four. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Who's the they? The broken and now built. Who's the they? The, the, it's, the, it's the people who, who had nothing to offer and now have everything to offer because the Holy Spirit is, lives in them, is on them. Who's the they? It's the ones who used to tear down walls are now repairing them and building them back up. This is just how God operates. He takes, he takes Saul, who used to kill the church, and he turns him into the greatest evangelist and apostle anyone's ever known. Some of you have given up on your sons and daughters. Some of you have given up on your spouses. Some of you have given up on your neighbors. Some of you have given up on yourself. And God wants to say, this, that is not how I roll. I give up is not a part of my vocabulary. I'm bigger than brokenness. I'm bigger than tears. I'm bigger than all of your past. I'm bigger than your brokenness, guys. And I just wonder, I think that in a, in a place like this, there's gotta be people that are broken here today and have been afraid to admit it to God. You're afraid that he would kind of keep you off or you're afraid that people would misjudge you. Like, listen, people are going to misjudge you whether you admit it or not. It's, it's going to happen. Might as well go down swinging, church. All right, you might as well take a step of faith and just be okay first with God smiling in your direction. I just wanna ask you this morning, if you have brokenness in your heart, you've been leading with anger, you've been leading with bitterness, you've been living in all of those places. It feels like you don't have a crown on your head, you have ashes. It doesn't feel like you're operating in the oil of gladness. It's just the doom and despair and downtroddenness. If that is you today, but you want everything that God has for you this morning, I just want you to stand to your feet just for a moment. Could you just stand? We're, we're not, I'm not gonna bring you up for the most part. I'm not gonna bring you up, but I just think that it, just standing to your feet and just announcing it fearlessly to the world, just stand. Come on, Jesus. If you're around somebody that stand, I want you to stand with them. Why don't you just go? I just want you to put hands on them this morning. Just love on them. <sighs> find somebody. Actually, actually, it doesn't have to be someone around you. It can be someone across the room. Have eyes that look like Jesus's for a moment. <laughs> Go to somebody. Find them in the crowd. Spot them in the crowd. Maybe you're here this morning and you, you, uh, you couldn't find the courage to stand, but you can find the courage to raise your hand. We've got like prayer people that just want to hold that hand and when they want to partner with you, just raise your hand in the air. Just let, let Jesus will see you. Somebody will come. 
But this is a morning where we're gonna, we're just gonna take all of our brokenness and we're gonna give it to Jesus. Jesus and nothing else can handle all of your brokenness and all of your pain and all of your stuff. Just begin to cry out to God for those people that you're around. Just like that, I like that. Come on, just like that. Just begin to cry out to God. Just God, touch people. Touch people, God. Open up hearts in these days. God, just pray that you break our hearts. Just begin to pray this over people. God, this brokenness. We know, God, that you are doing a Nehemiah thing in these days where you're actually taking this. The, the brokenness is gonna turn into something, something greater. The old wall, the old, the old honor, the old glory is, is, gonna, is going from glory to glory. It's increasing measure God is gonna bless. God, I just pray for people here today that uh, they, they've given up in some capacity in their life on themselves, on their kids, on their, on their spouse. God, I pray for husbands that you turn their hearts back to their children. Pray for husbands that you turn their hearts back to their wives, God. I pray the same thing for, for wives back to husbands. I pray for people that have given up on a future. You just feel like your best days are in the past. I just believe these are days where God is calling you. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna build a better wall. I'm gonna build a, a new wall. It's gonna be a, a wall of honor and not shame. It's gonna be gladness and not despair. Just work this into people's hearts, God. Work this into people's hearts. God, I just pray for people that have not felt anything for you in the longest time because they've been so bitter and angry. I thank you, God, that you are... Uh, you're releasing captives today, captives to anger, captives to bitterness, captives to memory, captives to pain, and you're making new highways and hearts and minds that, that go to the freedom that we have in Jesus. Freedom we have in Jesus. God, just work on your people. Work in your people, oh God. Just keep praying over them. If God's giving you any words or anything over the people that you're praying over, just kind of just speak the Father's heart out right now. And Heavenly Father, as a body, we just want to come before you today. If, if you're not praying for somebody right now, I just want to invite you to your feet for a moment. Uh, just stand up and I want you to grab somebody's hand next to you or lock arms with them or just put your hand on their back but somehow somehow, just uh, kind of reach out to them at least in their direction and I just want us to d decide this morning and to really to really uh, put a stake in the ground this morning that we're going to move into the future that God has for us together and we're not going to let walls be built up between us but we're actually gonna build walls together that will give other people security in this world and strength in this world. Amen, so Heavenly Father, we pray that. Just squeeze the hand of the person next to you, squeeze their shoulder, let them know that, that I'm your brother, sister in arms. I, I'm, I'm with you to the end, that we're gonna do this together, that I'm believing for God's best in your life. God, we just, we're sorry for how we haven't done this and we thank you for new days. And we, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you that we're not, we're not stuck in our hopeless condition because we have a living hope named Jesus who has conquered death, hell, and the grave and everything that is not of your kingdom, Jesus. And that we are now sons and daughters to faith in Jesus Christ. We just bless you this day, God. We bless you, we praise you. Yeah. Guys, I just feel like 
um, like some of you just need to keep going after, uh, going after Jesus. And I just want to release uh, prayer warriors and intercessors just in to find people and to go after them. I really feel that in my heart that, that Jesus doesn't uh, necessarily wait till, he, till you make the first move. Sometimes he's making the first move. So I just want our prayer ministry here just to make the first move in your direction. And if you need to raise a hand or something, that is wonderful. But I also want us to do that in a culture of joy. Brokenness gives birth to happiness in Jesus. Come on, anybody? All right, when, you, when you're you know, in, a, in a heap and in, you're putting dirt on your head, when Jesus comes along, you have feet that dance, all right? And it gives us a hope and a future. So I just, I just man, I just feel like I, I want us to kind of just, just tell God thanks today. Do you wanna do that? Anybody? Anybody feeling that? Just wanna tell God thanks today, guys. So we just thank you. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you'd like to partner with us, you have the opportunity to give online at providencecommunity.org. 